Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. Hi, String. Welcome back to Better Thinking. This is our second episode together uh, talking about telehealth today. So welcome back. Thanks, man. Let's, uh, let's get on to it. So the purpose of uh, today's, I suppose, episode is regarding telehealth. You know, in this COVID environment, telehealth is something that's been promoted so much. And, you know, my colleagues out there, you know, fellow psychologists in, in, in particular, this is a topic they keep asking about in terms of, you know, can we cover it, discuss it, and you know, look at some of the, the um, uh, pros and cons. And I really wanted to talk about this because I'm passionate in this space. I've, I've got a very strong biased opinion on, on what telehealth um, can offer. But I want to make sure that I provide that wider sort of picture and, and, and um, hopefully represent both sides. So make sure I'm accountable, String, because uh, otherwise I'll, I'll go on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, I know, look, it's been pushed through pretty quickly now and uh, it's a hot topic. It, it, it's, a, it's a hot topic and even discussion here around strategic uh, between the psychologists, there's... Uh, there's a little bit of mix, but I think you explained it quite well at the at the meeting last week uh, why why it won't work for strategic psychology, and I'm sure you'll get into that. But yeah, I'll let you I'll let you run it. Like, where do you want to go to now? Do you want to explain what it is, how it works, and yeah, yeah. So you know, the the idea of telehealth in in this you know coronavirus environment is to go out and create accessibility for clients who are either vulnerable or are unable to you know, uh, uh, come to the office due to quarantine or, or, or you know, social, socially isolating reasons. So there's, there's a real need for telehealth, meaning telephone consultations or video consultations, you know, uh, over the internet or obviously, obviously over phone lines. So you know, first and foremost, I think government have done an exceptional job in providing, you know, Medicare uh, provisions, which is, you know, a rebate for clients to be able to access a psychologist, you know, Australia-wide who have got a mental health care plan. So this is really, really positive in, in so many ways. And one of the great challenges is that someone has to have a mental health care plan first and foremost. Um, but the, the criteria has been widened so that anyone on the plan, they don't have to necessarily demonstrate that they've been affected by, um, you know, COVID. They can just say, you know, I would like to go out and have, uh, you know, see a psychologist during this time and I have a care plan um, and it allows them to go out and, and, and access that. that. That's at least my understanding at the moment. So from an accessibility point of view, there's a great need. You know, and all of those appointments are what we call bulk build. So what does that mean is that the client is able to access the service effectively for free. Um, you know, there's no out-of-pocket expense and they can do so from you know, their lounge room, their bedroom, however they like. So Great, great uh, you know, initiative there. And you know, I think I have to applaud government you know, uh, to, to a level with regards to making that provision available. Yeah, and what about the, so te telehealth, the, the term, it, telehealth, telehealth has been available for some time. 
but now now the rollout it's uh, the rules have been dropped on who can, who can access it so do you want to explain before and uh, and after who was eligible and yeah, so previously telehealth was reserved for those who are in a rural area in Australia who really didn't have close access to seeing a psychologist. So if you if you lived, you know, in a major city, um, you wouldn't be eligible for telehealth. But if you were more rural and there were guidelines as to uh, how rural is is uh, calculated, you would be able to access a psychologist that way. So you know, if you're living in in um, you know the outback or in an area where you'd have to drive you know a certain um, distance, you would you would um, have that criteria. Of course, you'd still need to go out and get a mental health care plan um, to to be um, uh, eligible as well. Now, what they've done is just relaxed relax those um, provisions where you don't have to go out and live rural. You can live in the city. Um, and so long as you've got a mental health care plan, you're, you're eligible for that telehealth service. Um, and so it doesn't go out and affect your uh, face-to-face consultations, um, but rather is you know, an, an addition. So is, with, the, with the neural, is telehealth a choice? Is it an option? Can someone just say, oh, I just prefer to do an online consultation? How to, yeah, well, what does it look like? Yeah, look, at, at, at the moment, if, um, uh, if someone with a mental health care plan client would like to speak with their psychologist um, from, from um, you know, their, their home, they can go out and choose that, providing that the psychologist provides that service. Um, and it's a bulk build service. So it, it's, it's really a choice. And look, that, the, the government have, have promoted that immensely. You know, there, there, there's been a huge push, you know, to the point where a lot of psychologists feel as though they're, they're somewhat being encouraged to go into that direction. And, and th- this is where I suppose, you know, my views might not be necessarily popular, um, but this is where I differ. I, I think there's almost been a push to saying we need to do telehealth for safety reasons. Um, and that, in my view, is completely, completely wrong. I think the idea of telehealth for safety um, is, is a misrepresentation rather than telehealth for accessibility. Um, and I think that's what, that's what the provision there um, uh, is for. But I think the way that sometimes... Um, the community can see it or even psychologists might, might interpret it that way is that it needs to be telehealth to go out and ensure that we, you know, obviously stem the flow of, of infection. But uh, that, that to, mo- to me is not my understanding. Um, and the reasons why is psychology hasn't been um, uh, asked to leave leave its offices, right? The, the risk uh, isn't, isn't there. There's, there's a, appreciation and understanding that psychology remains an essential service. So one-on-one therapy uh, still requires that we go out and we have in our rooms a four square metres um, per person provision because these are the recommendations that government have gone out and said to ensure that there isn't the spread of, you know, coronavirus. We make sure that there's a 1.5 metre distancing or more. Often it's more when we're sitting down with someone because there's a coffee table in between. You know, we ensure that there's hygiene, all the standard things, washing your hands practices, hand sanitizer, 
you know, I mean, for, for, for ourselves here at Strategic Psychology, we've got spray bottles as well where we clean the tables and other surfaces and make sure we've got gloves if you're opening doors, closing doors and the like. So all of these provisions, you know, the four square metres per person rule, um, you know, the, the, the social distancing are all in play. And so, you know, th- there isn't a risk. You know, th- these are all by government standards, you know, to ensure that, uh, in actual fact, there is, you know, safety in the provision of um, providing psychological services. When we look at other essential services, often they break or they have to break that that uh, four square metres or, you know, social distancing rule because of how their service looks. You know, clearly dentists, they require to be looking at that, 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 that um, uh, you know, inside people's mouths and obviously they wear gloves and the like and there's a whole lot of provisions and they do an exceptional job. You know, this just needs to be understood as an essential service and hence why, you know, still, in my view, the optimum is to see a psychologist face-to-face, you know, one-on-one, um, to go out and, and, and ensure that, um, you know, best quality of care is, is, is upheld. Um, and, and this is what we're trying to go out and achieve. Life with a toothache is not a good life, right? No one wants to live with a toothache. And likewise, no one wants to live with uh, debilitating you know, psychological distress because they can't go out and see their psychologist. You know, so there's very good reason for everyone to to engage with their psychologist and, and do it on a one-on-one basis in, in, in you know, real time in life. And I think uh, if we can jump back onto the importance of uh, in-person consultations and, uh, and you talked about this, you know, if, if the telephone, the online or phone consultations were as good, then they probably would have been around much sooner. So it sort of, this seems like, like it's a push because it's, oh, well, we need to not have people in contact with, with each other and people self, self-isolating. So there needs to be something said about the quality of, uh, quality of service. So, yeah, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I think it's very easily expressed in, you know, the, the, the quality of a relationship. You know, the, so much about the work that we do. And in actual fact, it's the work that, that, that most people do. Um, you know, when you think about it for, for yourself, I think most of us feel that a long-distance relationship, you know, with a romantic relationship is, is an inferior one. And, you know, uh, it's not something that uh, we would choose. It's it's usually by necessity. Now, there's exceptions to the rule, of course, but most of us want to be close to our loved ones. You know? Likewise, we like to see whether it's our accountant face-to-face and have the conversation. We want to go out and see other health professionals face-to-face to have that experience. You know, we don't do, you know, tele-food where a friend goes out and sits uh, at their home and we sit at our home and we eat food while we go out and, and have a conversation. We feel like that was a dining experience. All of those feel you know, extremely inferior. Um, now, the question here is about it's an essential service. And so we're trying to go out and provide an essential service at its you know, highest um, quality. And I think there's, there is superiority over uh, 
face to face rather than you know that that digital experience. So let me explain why as well. When we go out and look at each other through a screen or through through a telephone, there is great great detail that's missed that live um, you know always captures, and that's body language. You know, when, while while you and I are having a, this conversation, all I'm actually seeing is from your shoulders up, um, or so let's say from your armpits up, and likewise you're seeing something similar. So it's really hard to go out and see, am I crossing my arms? You know, are my arms relaxed? From a digital experience, it's really also hard to go out and see the detail of your face because I'm looking at your face is only probably, you know, four or five centimeters in, in, in size. And if I look at how far my screen is, it's probably 50, 60, maybe even 70 centimeters away from me. So I'm seeing a very small image. It's extremely impersonal. And likewise, you're seeing the same back at me. I can't see your micro expressions the way that I would see in real life. So it's very hard for me to go out and see, you know, whether there is a, a slight, you know, creasing of your forehead um, or how you raise your eyebrow a little bit or maybe your eye, you know, closing up if there is psychological tension or, or, you know, emotion that's about to be released. I can't capture that. Secondly, you know, taking away body language, meaning, you know, your legs and all the other spaces is, is it's very hard to connect on that level. So we've got those problems. We've certainly also got problems of interruption of uh, the way that we go out and speak. There's always a slight delay in this conversation. So it's very, very hard to interrupt in a sentence, which sometimes needs to occur. Um, there's a delay and often you see that there's a slight delay in seeing my mouth move and maybe the sound or at least a delay from when I say something to when you actually hear it. So it, it takes away the capacity to communicate as, as well. And that is highly problematic. It, it puts us off. It, it, it's, um, you know, something that disrupts the therapeutic, you know, relationship. So it's a, it's a very, very hard space to go out and improve. My voice is different as well. You know, whether we like it or not, your voice goes into a mic and then it projects out of my speakers and vice versa. So there's a whole lot of nuances that, that get missed there as well. So it's, it's um, unfortunately an, an inferior product, an inferior experience, uh, unfortunately, to both client and clinician. Um, and you know, the, the clinician's role is to be able to uh, also effectively provide that service. And, and I can only speak for myself where, where I don't think I am, um, you know, nearly as, as uh, 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 helpful to my clients via phone or via telehealth because the, the environment shifts and um, it just gets in, in the way. Um, and we haven't even spoken about the, the other issues, for example, technology problems. Um, I had a client yesterday where there was you know, tech problems that, that, that occurred. Um, actually, it wasn't yesterday, the, the, the day before. Um, in terms of getting uh, you know, the client set up so they connect on, on, on the Zoom connection, they had a poor internet connection. So it was uh, uh, cutting out at times. It's highly, highly disruptive to the session to go out and 
ask them to repeat something because, you know, when, when there's a, a breaking connection, but it's not the whole sentence completely, it's only a small little section, but it's kind of vital. But if you actually ask someone to repeat that every single time that happens, if it's a little bit of an unstable connection, the whole session is, is, is trying to go out and do that. And, you know, we all know that internet connections have, have struggled since, since everyone's, you know, working from home. Um, yeah, another, another issue there as well. Confidentiality is an issue too, uh, both for psychologists, you know, and, and client. When you come face to face at a, you know, psychology practice, there's a confidential room. And you know that no family members, no one's around, you know, it remains confidential. At home, you have to find a place where maybe the kids aren't there or a spouse isn't there or, you know, whoever you're living with isn't there or isn't going to be coming home. So, you know, your mind's kind of somewhat preoccupied in that space too. That's not a good scenario. The psychologist has to find a space for themselves too. So it assumes a psychologist also has a, uh, a reasonable space at their home to be able to achieve that as well. So there's, there's some other you know, great challenges there. So I think there's great, you know, uh, there's an inferior um, uh, experience. And, you know, as I say, you know, we don't like long distance relationships. You know, this is why business people fly the whole way across the world. They spend a day in travel to have effectively a, you know, an afternoon worth of, worth of meetings. They stay there the night because they're exhausted and then they fly back the next day. So, you know, in total, a four-hour meeting can be a three-day experience or, or, or more at times. You know, that's how important face-to-face is and, and understanding that psychology is an essential service. It needs to be done properly. We don't want to put a blindfold over our dentist and say, please work on my tooth. It's, it, it's causing me a lot of grief. Yeah. And, and I think there has been a recognition from, from the industry about this as well. Otherwise, it would have been an option even before. Like, oh, well, you can choose. Do you want to come in or do you want to do, uh, do you want to do phone consults? Not only if you're rural. So the, uh, who, who, I'm not sure, is it the Australian Psychological Association who's ahead of this or is it APRA or the the health department? They understand that it is an inferior service, so they can't, yeah. Well, the the data clearly goes out and and, and demonstrates that as well. And and this this also jumps into the viability conversation too. The the data is very, very... Sure. Yeah, oh, there's the delay. <laughs> exactly. The delay. Exactly. Yeah. Look, um, the before we get uh, get into the viability of it, you you are so strategic. You are, uh, you are making available online appointments. So let's make let's make that clear. Uh, there, and but controlling certain aspects of it. So the control is the psychologists are in the office because we because we have a stable connection the internet the internet's stable it runs fast it's a controlling environment it's a private environment they're still in their room so it's it's allowing this but still controlling um, aspects of it yeah absolutely i mean look number one is is 
uh, above and beyond all of those still has to be viability because if it's not a viable service, you just don't have psychologists who can even provide the service. And this is the other side of, of the, um, uh, of, of, of the story or of the picture. Yeah. I, I think government's doing an exceptional job and I'm not here to poo poo the government because I'd, I'd hate to be Scott Morrison and, 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 you know, the whole of government, they're struggling. They don't know what to do, but they're doing an exceptional job trying. Now, I'm, what I'm advocating for is what, you know, uh, uh, what psychology I think, at least in my view, um, would benefit from, uh, and not as a, as an industry, but in terms of to provide an essential service to the community. This is to go out and serve the community, but the only way it can serve the community is, is, is if it's a viable service. If telehealth was something that was highly sought after, if, if we thought that it was, you know, a superior or at least on par as face-to-face, there is no business person in Australia who would go out and say, I'm going to invest in an incredibly expensive lease for floor space um, of the office. I'm going to go in and put an you know, incredibly expensive fit out uh, that I'm going to go out and have uh, all the administrative support in you know, uh, achieving all of these things. We would just go out and have an online booking system. People would just phone in um, and someone effectively in a call center type of scenario could go out, you know, and, and, you know, a psychologist obviously, and just run that conversation, um, run that meeting and, and provide therapy from that level. Uh, it, it clearly has not occurred. Um, there, there isn't anyone that's going out, at least in, from my appreciation that can demonstrate to me that that is the way that psychology is moving. This is why there are physical practices all through Australia and telehealth is an adjunct uh, rather than obviously the, the primary way of provision. So, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Where we're in a, a real sticky situation now with viability is that the government in an attempt to create accessibility uh, have put in a provision under Medicare to say that psychologists doing telehealth uh, under the Medicare codes must provide that service on a bulk build rate only. So what that means is, uh, uh, let's say that the bulk bill for a um, standard consultation is $85, uh, uh, is is the bulk build um, uh, fee. Um, That would be the rebate usually if there was an additional payment that the client made to see a psychologist. Um, so that that's all well and good until we look at the viability of what it costs to run a practice and what it costs to run a service. So um, I'll just run you through some numbers so you can see where where the um, cracks um, break down. To run a practice, to cover all costs, to make sure there's administrative staff for leases, for fit outs, you know, for staff wages, um, and the the many 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 other costs um, to run a practice there needs to be a certain amount of revenue. And let's say a psychology practice is going out just to help me with my mathematics uh, to make this a little bit easier. Um, Let's say a a standard consultation is $170. So I'm just going to be conservative about how we run these numbers. So at the moment, if a practice is able to run on $170 uh, per consult 
and the client gets a rebate of $85, um, that is half the consult. And so there's a gap fee of $85 as well. What that means is that a client pays $170, they get a rebate of $85 goes back into their bank account, which is what the government um, uh, pays as a effectively like a subsidy. Um, and the psychologist keeps the $170 to run the practice and cover wages and so on and so forth. What government have uh, asked uh, from psychologists is not to be able to, well, they've said you cannot, there is no choice about this. You cannot go out and have a rebate um, for your clients. It has to be a bulk build. What that means is that a psychologist cannot ask for, um, uh, to be paid for their service of $170. Uh, the maximum they can ask for that service for the client to receive I suppose a rebate or, or, or the bulk build service is $85 only. Uh, so now the service is no longer a $170 service. It's now become an $85 service, um, which the client does not have to go out and pay. It's also obviously now a service that's gone from face to face where we clearly know is a much better service for the, for the client to them being at home, the clinician being at home, uh, or potentially even in the in in, in the practice, um, and so the client gets it for free. Uh, having said that, you cannot oper operate a psychologist practice with fifty percent of your revenue coming in. So, the government said we're going to halve your income or your revenue. Um, yeah. Clearly, that that. Clearly, that's obviously, um, you know, demonstrates that it's not going to be viable. So on that, if psychologists actually adopted that, um, and unfortunately, I've seen some practices do so, and, and, and uh, my heart goes out to them because I think they've made a fatal error. Um, I think uh, they're going to see incomes go down immensely. And, and um, in actual fact, I think they'll be out of, out of business fairly, fairly quickly. And the sad thing is, uh, not only are the job losses there, but also it means that clients are not, no longer being serviced. So the idea of accessibility, you know, inadvertently has been destroyed as well because you've got fewer psychologists on the ground. Further to this is that telehealth is, is very much uh, appreciated, understood and, and renowned for being an inferior, at least in my, in my view, a inferior service. So clients are less likely to even show. They're less likely to rebook. Um, they're they're uh, less likely to follow through on a referral in doing so. So I think conservatively, conservatively speaking, psychologists uh, would be very lucky to even get 25, sorry, 50% of their clients actually willing to do that service or participate in the service as they would face to face. Um, so I think when you think about, you know, a, a psychologist's um, client load, um, the moment you go out and you, you know, halve their, their uh, income and then you say that 50% of their clients will actually come along or continue to attend, We've gone from a revenue from 100% down to 50 because of the bulk billing and then down again another 50%, which you know, takes us to 25% revenue at best 
to run a practice. So if I were to go out to even the most profitable companies in the world and, you know, to an Amazon or to an, you know, to an Apple and I said, you know, sorry, uh, Mr. Bezos and, you know, sorry, uh, you know, Mr. Cook, sorry, Mr. Gates, you know, your, your, your primary companies are um, now and going to be on a revenue of 25%. They would immediately cut their workforce, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, all of a sudden, no doubt. the great services that we rely on wouldn't be there because you just certainly couldn't go out and afford to have them. So the idea of accessibility through a bulk billing scheme is a fallacy. I, I, I think it doesn't, it doesn't um, uh, make any economic sense and it, and it won't work. Uh, I, I think it's plain and simple. It's, it's, it's blindly obvious. You know, I think blind Freddie can, can, can uh, go out and, and, and recognize this. this. This just does not go out and work. Um, now, this isn't a criticism of the government. No, they can't see everything. This is a nuanced, you know, appreciation of how psychology needs to work, how clients adopt this sort of space, um, all the other problems that are associated with going telly. Um, and the only reason to ever go telly uh, is if you cannot go face-to-face. Um, and psychology at the moment is meeting all the health standards and provisions and, and, and recommendations to make sure that it's a safe space. Four square metres per person. And we can even achieve that when doing couples counselling, let alone individual counselling, uh, that we go out and we make sure that there's a 1.5 metre distancing in psychology, there's no need for there to be, you know, any physical contact like for hairdressing or anything like that. So we're, we're one of the safest industries out there to continue to maintain what is considered an essential service. Because as I said before, it's not very fun to go out and live with a toothache. That's no way to live. Well, it's no way to live with debilitating mental health whether it be anxiety or depression and we need to be encouraging the community to go and re-engage with their psychologists at their practice so that we continue to have psychologists to provide a service for the community not only right now but throughout coronavirus and beyond so there's there's a real important message there around how we need to maintain the integrity of what psychology brings and to make sure that it continues to be delivered in its quality form. Great. So just to summarize, obviously the in-person is superior. Uh, the, online, the online consultations, and, and I'm calling it online consultation, uh, not telehealth, because sure. in Australia, if, you use the ter- if we use the term telehealth, it's sort of it's synonymous with the with the rebated, so that's still a better option than not not getting any consultations if you need if you you know if you're if you're struggling it's still better to to speak to a psychologist online than not speak to uh, someone. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And look, government have gone out and given a, a, an absolute ton of money to Lifeline, for example, which is completely a telephone service, and it's a, it's a suicide, um, generally a suicide um, uh, type service where if someone's feeling suicidal, 
they can pick up the phone, contact Lifeline and, and, and be provided with some support. You know, so absolutely, something is better than nothing, uh, no doubt. And, and I think the data is, is, is immense doing it completely by yourself versus having support, um, chalk and cheese. So yes, um, you know, online or telephone services versus nothing, there's a clear winner in that race. So um, you know, that all those services should be maintained. Uh, what we're saying is, is it viable? Will we actually get accessibility in the current model to have the trained psychologist being able to provide that, that service? And we've also got to understand that psychologists – uh, represents the largest mental health um, uh, workforce in Australia. So these provisions are uh, somewhat putting in question the largest uh, provider of mental health in Australia when Australia needs it most. But yes, you're right, online is better than nothing. So I'm not trying to say we should remove that. I'm just saying we should aim for the best quality of service where it's possible. Okay. So what are you doing at, uh, at strategic psychology? How are you, you're offering online. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we, how are you doing it? Yeah, look, we, we appreciate that there's an absolute 100% need to go out and, and have a service that is online, whether it's through telephone or whether it's through, um, you know, video conferencing, uh, software. So we have gone out and provided um, you know, that the, the, the telehealth. Sorry, we've provided the online service um, to anybody who, uh, if, if I can, if I can say, is, is quarantined or is socially isolating or chooses not to come in. You know, there there needs to be personal choice in this space. So uh, this isn't going out and saying. You must do it, you know, face-to-face because that's our model that we prefer. I'm saying that's not going to fit for every person. So we have to give the community choice around this. So everyone has the choice whether they want to come in one-on-one or whether they want to go out and use um, the online type of service. What we haven't been able to, to unfortunately, provide is a... Uh, bulk build rate for the reasons that I've mentioned earlier. If we go bulk build, I unfortunately have to tell all staff, and I've been very frank, I've been very transparent with staff explaining why we can't go down that route, um, that we won't have any anyone to serve because we won't be able to, to um, you know, continue trading. So, you know, we provide an online service. It's at our usual fee. Um, so that people can go out and, and still have access during those times. Now, that might mean that someone who's been quarantined, they have to be quarantined for 14 days. Um, they might go out and say, I'm not in a good space at the moment. I still need to have continuity of care and see my psychologist. So I'm going to engage while I'm there. And then I might return to face-to-face thereafter. Someone might go out and say, I don't believe that it." Um, that it's safe to go out outdoors, you know, and so they, they might have, you know, a level, a, a risk level that's, um, you know, uh, uh, says to them, you know, it's unreasonable to go out and do so. 
despite what we see from what, what government recommendations are that you can go out and access essential services. People, you know, I, I think need to have the freedom to, of, of choice and so they, have, they, they can go out and, and um, you know, take that as well. So they might choose to go out and say, I'm going to maintain you know, support in that in, in, um, you know, on the online um, you know, platform. My concern is that the data, at least anecdotally for me and what it looks like uh, in terms of how, how the uptake of, of rural telehealth services has, has looked to date is it's going to be, um, it's not going to have the adoption rate and also from a quality experience. Um, I don't think clients will get as, as much as they would um, than if they came in. So I'm, I'm kind of advocating of saying, come in if you're, if you feel safe enough to do so. And obviously psychology practices around Australia have, you know, are meeting all the provisions of four square meters, um, you know, per person in, in the rooms to, to avoid infection, social distancing, cleaning, you know, all surfaces, etc., to make sure that uh, everyone remains, you know, safe and healthy. Um, Psychology, nor is any other essential service in the business of going out to infect um, anybody. That's not what we're, we're, we're about. Um, we're here to continue doing what we've always done exceptionally well, which is you know, using evidence-based therapy to support people, particularly in a situation like this, where there's high levels of, of anxiety, high levels of stress, where there's helplessness, where we see higher domestic violence rates um, and unfortunately I think you know greater deterioration to come you know lots of relationship strain financial strain um, you know that creates arguing irritability anger you know um, greater avoidance patterns of you know drinking drug use um, you know, gambling and, and so on so this is when we need to kind of think about how do we re-engage the population, the community, to continuing to see their psychologists for, you know, the same reasons they were seeing them you know, previously, uh, is to you know learn to live, you know, uh, a better life and manage their stress and anxiety and and, and depression more effectively. I don't have any more questions. Did you did you want to add anything to that, or you know, do you have any message for? for your colleagues yeah look message for my colleagues um and i know everyone is is in different circumstances so uh i say this with the utmost respect of of not being able to appreciate you know everyone's context situation and the like uh but i genuinely believe stay trading where you are i think we 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 can get through this do everything possible that you can to re-engage with your clients. Um, let's maintain the quality of service that we've always been able to do. Um, and, you know, let's also get behind the APS in particular, who's, who's our peak, you know, uh, um, you know body that, that communicates with, with government to say, you know, we're unhappy with these uh, bulk build arrangements. Please don't cut our income in half or ask us to go in that direction or, you know, promote to to the community that that's the way that we should be going because following a 50% cut and only half of those clients arriving, we're now at 25%. That's not viable. You're not going, you're going to lose your workforce, your mental health workforce. So I think we need to, you know, send a, me a strong message to government saying this, you know, there, there, there's a better alternative. Um, uh, and 
interestingly, it's not going to cost government anymore um, because that $85 still is the, the um, government's investment uh, in, in Medicare. Um, so I think we've got a very, very um, uh, strong point there. So to my colleagues, hang in there. We're doing it together. You know, we're doing it rough and tough here as well at Strategic Psychology. Um, uh, but I think, I think uh, you know, we keep putting this message out. Um, we've got to stay, stay afloat and stay in business. And, 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 you know, no one wants to go out and reduce their uh, uh, quality of service. So um, I'm, I'm personally not going to be dictated to uh, about doing that for any of my clients. This is me standing up for my clients. You know, one day maybe if I'm mandated, I'm required to go home, I will provide, you know, an online service only because I'll still be there for, for my clients. Um, but until the police, you know, grab me and drag me out of this office, um, I'm here, I'm here to stay and I urge you to stay as well. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey.